to Sports Sunday here on Local News Live. Tyler Jones alongside Ryan Pierce as we are looking back at the weekend that was in the NFL, college football, also some high school football highlights for you from gray stations across the country, and a look at Kyle Larson's first career NASCAR Cup Series championship. Ryan Pierce joins me right now. Ryan, a lot to break down on the show this week. Yeah, Halloween's over, but it was a bewitching week, not just for the NFL, but for college football. A lot of top teams, Michigan State probably being the biggest name, losing in college football. Then in the NFL, some massive upsets Another one potentially underway for Sunday Night Football. Just a stunning week in early November for the football landscape. And this is kind of the, what we expect, though. We're reaching that point in the year, guys get hurt, pressure starts to mount, crazy things start to happen. And we hit that point this week for sure. And you may be joining us right now at halftime of Sunday Night Football, where the Los Angeles Rams are currently trailing the Tennessee Titans 21-3 at home. Ryan, this was one that folks weren't expecting, especially with Derrick Henry out for the remainder of the season, more than likely for Tennessee. If it was going to happen, it was going to happen this week with some of the best teams in the NFL losing to teams that are really mediocre. Dallas losing to Denver. Cincinnati had a winning record, lost to Cleveland. Other mediocre teams rising to the top and getting wins. So the Titans are good. They're not mediocre. They're a very good team. But to be beating the Rams by 18, yeah, 18 at halftime, and on their way to a potential win, that is surprising for sure. Yeah, I uh, certainly think so. And, Ryan, we always begin this show each and every week asking the question of what we learned and I think this is a pretty simple answer that everyone is kind of human after all that we thought going into this week okay you have your elite and then you have everybody else but when the top team in the AFC the Buffalo Bills lose to the bottom team in the AFC the Jacksonville Jaguars it's quite the reality check yeah it was a reality check for the Buffalo Bills Josh Allen the defensive back having a better offensive game than Josh Allen, the quarterback for the Bills. We'll talk more about that in a bit, but it was a bit of a rise of mediocrity today. We mentioned at the top, Cleveland getting a win. They were a 500 football team. The Patriots getting a win. The Falcons getting a win. Denver beating Dallas. All these mediocre teams picked up major victories to put themselves in playoff contention heading into the back half of the NFL season. To me, that was the big story outside of, as you mentioned, that massive upset with the Jaguars beating the Buffalo Bills. And we're going to talk plenty of college football on tonight's show, but the same could be said when you looked at college football. Yeah. And the thing that I learned this week, we hear from these so-called experts. When the first college football playoff poll was released on Tuesday, that you had to look at the eye test, certain teams that pass the quote-unquote eye test. And here's the reality of it, folks. If anyone tells you to look at the eye test, don't take them seriously. The only exception for that rule is Georgia because no one passes the eye test in college football based on what we saw this weekend with three teams in the top 12 of the college football playoff poll all going down. So... Ryan, a common theme, both NFL and college football, is the parody and the upsets that we've seen all the way around. A wild weekend, highly entertaining. Let's start in the NFL, and you're right. We'll get to college football in just a second. The biggest upset's right here. The Buffalo Bills, a lot of people thought the Bills were the best team in the AFC. Who would have thought they lose to the lowly Jacksonville Jaguars, who now, I believe, have three wins? 
nine to six. You don't see a, a nine to six score anymore in the NFL. Five field goals in this game as Josh Allen, the defensive back for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's up against the quarterback, Josh Allen for the Buffalo Bills, an MVP favorite at this point. Josh Allen, the defensive, I guess defensive lineman, not defensive back, defensive lineman, gets an interception, a, no, a fumble recovery, one of those two, forces a turnover, a sack, and a tackle of Josh Allen, the quarterback. It's the first time in the history of NFL that's happened where a player of the same name, Josh Allen, tackled, sacked, and turned over the quarterback, Josh Allen. You can't script that any better. And they were only drafted a year yeah. apart from each other, too. Incredible. And both of them are two of the top players at their position in the league. They played today. It was the highly anticipated Josh Allen versus Josh Allen matchup, and nobody could have thought it would have turned out like that. First win for the Jags in the continental United States in 2021. Wow. Incredible. It really is a, a stunning, stunning victory for the Jaguars against Buffalo today. I guess that's near Canada. Uh, the Bills are, so they're close there. But, yeah, uh, the, the Jaguars beat well, Buffalo in the U.S. And another thing to point out about this game, too, Ryan, is mm -hmm. that Urban Meyer has not been talked about the last no. several weeks. John Gruden kind of took the talk away from Urban Meyer and all that was going on in Jacksonville with the incident in Columbus that happened several weeks ago. And now they got the win across the pond against Miami. They get this big-time win against Buffalo. Yeah. Now the doubters are getting a little quieter, it seems, about Urban Meyer. We're not talking about Urban Meyer being on the hot seat like we were just even a few weeks ago. Well, he's done what he had to do. He's put himself out of the spotlight after making an apology for those pictures from a bar. And now he's come out and picked up a big win. That's what happens in professional sports if you get into some hot water as long as it's the type of hot water you can get out of. The way you do it is lay low, and then winning does cure a lot of issues, and at least for today, the Jaguars are winners. Yeah, uh, they are. Uh, other things uh, around the National Football League, uh, Jordan Love made his debut for the Green Bay Packers, the much-anticipated debut, and we wondered when this day would come, if it would require Aaron Rodgers leaving town before we would see Jordan Love, and instead, it's a COVID situation where Aaron Rodgers gets diagnosed with COVID-19. We're not going to dive into all that. There's plenty of other shows that have had their hot takes about Aaron Rodgers this week. But Jordan Love gets his opportunity. And granted, they had a couple guys out when it came to COVID-19. But this Green Bay Packers team has one of the best rosters in the NFL. And Jordan Love just struggled today against a bad Chiefs defense. This Chiefs defense was made to look like one of the best defenses in the league. Daniel Sorensen, who I am not a fan of by any stretch of the imagination, looked like a pro bowler today because of how much Jordan Love struggled. If you're a Packer fan, it's one loss. Yeah. Not going to end your season by any means and has really no effect on the division race either. You have that pretty much locked up. But, yes, just one game, sure, I would be very concerned if I'm a Packer fan about your future when you see what you had in Aaron Rodgers last week and what you went to this week with Jordan Love. Not an impressive debut by any stretch from the former Nevada quarterback. Well, I think then we think about the rest of the season. There's a good chance Rodgers isn't fully ready. He is a veteran, obviously, for the game against Seattle next weekend because the game is right after that 10-day window. 
He has to be separated from the team because he's not vaccinated and has COVID-19. And then you think about, okay, how does this impact him afterwards? Because we've seen athletes where they have COVID-19 come back and are fine. We've seen others struggle. We've seen others not have the numbers they did prior to having COVID-19. I think the, the number one example might be on Makata, the great White Sox player in the major leagues where he had COVID-19, came back and completely lost his power and didn't get it back really for an entire year. And he talked about how he had lost a lot of his strength while battling COVID-19. We will see how it impacts Aaron Rodgers. I would assume he's good to go, if not for Seattle, the week afterwards. But as Packers fans, you are a little bit concerned. And then next year, he's saying he's not going to come back. That could change still. We don't quite know. But this was a concerning day for our friends at WBAY and their viewing uh, area in the Green Bay Packers. How about a couple of the big blowouts today? Sure. You see the Denver Broncos really hand it to the Dallas Cowboys in a game that was played in Dallas. Dak was back, but yet... The Cowboys really struggled to get anything going offensively. Remember, the Broncos just traded off Von Miller this week, and yet they still played terrific. Then the Browns, with an impressive performance, the best game they've played all year, they just got rid of Odell Beckham this week. And what do you know, Baker Mayfield in this offense just exploded today, and the defense stepped up really containing uh, Joe Mixon in that run game. Joe Burrow didn't play great throwing the football here. I was shocked not only with the results of those games, but the fact that they were blowouts the way that they were for road teams. No one saw that. No one saw that coming, Ryan. Yeah, kind of the bewitching week, and that was what we talked about at the top. This is the part of the year where fatigue starts to settle in, where teams might be a little lackadaisical. They're battling injuries. They might be overlooking an opponent. They may be looking towards a bye or coming off of one. And we saw that today where Cincinnati specifically and then Dallas struggle against teams that have worse records than them at home. The Dallas loss is, is really the most shocking. 30-16 to 16 to the Denver Broncos, and a lot of people now are questioning, okay, is Dallas actually as good as we think they are in a bad division? Are they just going to uh, run away with the NFC East? Everybody realizes they will, but are they going to go into the playoffs as a mediocre team because they're losing by two touchdowns to at home to teams like Denver? A lot of questions for, for Dallas fans after today's bad loss to the Broncos. And one more for you, Ryan. The Patriots with a win over the Panthers today, 24-6. The Panthers started out the year so hot. Sam Darnold was playing really good, but they have just hit a wall the last few weeks. Meanwhile, New England back over 500 at 5-4. Mac Jones playing some really good football as of late. The Patriots, they might be making a playoff push here. Well, they might, and I'll pull the Patriots box score here. I mean, Mac, Mac Jones, a good day, had a touchdown, didn't have one pick. They got a lot of options when it comes to running back. And when you can mix up your backfield and have three, four, five guys to go to throughout a game, when you get to the fourth quarter, you're going to be fresh. You're going to be able to wear down that defense. It's like any job. I mean, if you are fully staffed, if you have workers that can uh, give you good hours and be refreshed, you're going to be good at crunch time when you have to make a deadline, and that's how it is for the New England Patriots. They have a lot of running backs they can go to, and they wear teams down and beat them up in the fourth quarter. But really the story today, as you mentioned, Tyler, Sam Darnold, no touchdowns, three picks. That's a major concern for a Carolina team that thought 
after a good start, they're going to be competing in the NFC South. And they thought in the offseason they were trading for a franchise quarterback. Sure. And Sam Darnold played so well at the beginning of the year, but has struggled as of late. Now some big questions for the Carolina Panthers at about the halfway point of the season. Not only where does this team go from here, but what about the future? Do they go ahead and have to think about moving yeah. on from Sam Darnold after this year? Before we move on from the NFL, Monday Night Football tomorrow night, the Steelers and the Bears Ryan, both these teams are desperate. The Pittsburgh Steelers got off to a rough start in 2021, but Ben Roethlisberger has played a lot better the last few weeks, had a nice win last week against the Cleveland Browns. The Bears have been so up and down. Yeah. Rookie quarterback Justin Fields leading the way. The game is at Pittsburgh, right? I felt like this is a toss-up game here. I don't know which way to lean. I, I guess Pittsburgh, because they are playing a little bit better. They're the home team here, but this is one that seems like it could go either way. Well, right now, if we're going by the pattern of this weekend, we think the mediocre team, the underdog, would win. But the problem is the Bears and the Steelers are probably both pretty mediocre. They're like <laughs> Atlanta. They're like New England. They're kind of like Cleveland. Cleveland's probably better than mediocre. Uh, they, they're like Denver. They're nothing special. Neither of these teams are. They're not horrible. They're not great. They're in the middle. It will be interesting to see. I think it, 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 whoever has the less turnovers in this game is going to come out on top. We have a quarterback who's young and inexperienced who will make mistakes but has a talent. we got a veteran quarterback who's well past his prime that is making a lot more mistakes because of that. So I think it will come down to that factor. And it really is a chance for two teams, two major franchises with fan bases across the country to try to get back, make a statement. And they have an opening with Cincinnati and Green Bay, the top teams in their division, uh, losing today, or two of the top teams at least. Yeah, yeah. That game coming up tomorrow night at about 8.15 Eastern Time, 7.15 Central Time. We'll have post-game coverage for you here on Local News Live. Let's go ahead and move on to college football. On Tuesday, the new college football playoff rankings were released, and it was a bizarre poll as it wasn't comparable to what the AP had put out a couple days earlier or the coaches' poll. And the committee said, look, trust us. We've been following the eye test here. And they put a big emphasis on head-to-head -head matchups. But then after that, you're like, okay, where do, where's this all coming from? This doesn't make sense yeah. of where this poll was at. There was a lot of inconsistencies from there. Alabama, who had lost a game, to Texas A&M, a two-loss team, still found themselves number two in the poll ahead of several undefeated teams. Now, with losses this weekend that Michigan State, Wake Forest, and Baylor suffered, that's three teams in the top 12 that lost yeah. this weekend. And there's only four undefeateds remaining in college football now. That's number one, Georgia, Cincinnati, Oklahoma, and UTSA is the other one. So with that, Ryan, this has been a year that has been so exciting in college football. This past weekend did not disappoint. And really, if your name's not the Georgia Bulldogs, no one was really impressive. Those teams that the committee liked, Alabama squeaks, yeah. squeaks by a bad LSU team. Oregon struggled with a bad Washington team. Michigan State loses here. I mean, forget the eye test. Let's just look at the numbers at this point. The big winners were Oklahoma, who had a bye, and they're undefeated. <laughs> and then Cincinnati, who 
didn't have a great weekend. They beat a, a mediocre Tulsa team, and they continue to be undefeated. Those are the two, uh, two teams that could potentially sneak into the top four. I think one of them is getting really close with Michigan State losing. They drop out. We had Ohio State win a very close game against Nebraska. That was closer than the 26-17 score indicates. Nebraska was within a touchdown most of the game. And as you mentioned, Alabama lost to a they bad... Won. Oh, I'm sorry. They won against... It felt like a loss against a bad LSU team. So there's some questions to be made about Ohio State and Alabama winning close games against not very good teams, at least if we're talking about the top 25. Then you have Oklahoma and Cincinnati waiting in the wings. So those two teams, I think, are getting close to the top four. And if one of those three teams that are currently in there, we've already seen one in Michigan State slip up, they're going to get in it. And we're waiting to see what happens. Well, and Ryan, I'm okay with teams losing close games. That's fine, or, or winning close games, rather. Sure. If you, if you take care of business and win at the end, that's all that matters. But what I have issue with is when I hear the committee try to talk about eye test and style points and all this, and then what do you have to show for it? The teams that you told me had the style points that passed the so-called eye test didn't pass the eye test. They didn't have the style points. So don't make that argument with me. Show me who's won games based on their resumes. At this point, if your name is not Georgia, we need to just look at resumes. We yep. need to give Cincinnati credit. Okay, they barely beat Tulsa. You know what? They beat Notre Dame on the road. They're okay. They're fine. Oklahoma, well, they barely beat Tulane. Well, you know what else they did? They've been undefeated. They haven't lost all year. So let's pump the brakes on this eye test and style points and all that and focus on who's winning football games. I would put... In the top three right now, give credit to the undefeateds for taking care of business and winning games. You got to go Georgia, Oklahoma, Cincinnati, and then I think it's everyone else from that point. Alabama, Oregon, Ohio State, whatever. But please give credit to the teams that are winning games. I think the hope is that the committee will, maybe in the next couple of weeks, especially after the teams that even won games this weekend that are at the top of those top four struggled. Cincinnati still took care of business. Oklahoma still undefeated, you're right. They should be in the top four. That feels like a universal perspective at this point. And I'm hoping maybe the fact that these teams that were in the top four already have losses, almost had another, maybe that makes the committee second guess themselves and say, okay, maybe these undefeated teams are the better teams. We made a mistake. Everybody else is right. Tyler Jones is right. I'm right that these are, should be the top four teams, and those should include Georgia, Cincinnati, and then Oklahoma in that bunch. Well, you mentioned that you thought Cincinnati was a big winner this weekend. And if you look what's ahead for them in the American Athletic Conference, Houston continues to win. Yeah. They lost week one to Texas Tech, and... We're going to see Cincinnati get to play them here in a couple weeks, a top 25 team. They'll have their conference championship game. The American has looked like a very good mid-major sure. conference yeah. with SMU a part of the fold as well. Cincinnati, things looked very bleak for them on Tuesday. Things look a whole lot better. I think that even though Cincinnati squeaked one out against a bad Tulsa team, if you're a Cincinnati fan, I think you're wiping off that sweat, breathing a sigh of relief this weekend. I think they got the help they needed. Oh, big time. And they got at least one team was knocked out in Michigan State. 
Now, Ohio State plays Purdue next weekend, and Purdue beat Michigan State. They've already beaten Iowa. That's the game you want to watch. I think the question now becomes, okay, if Ohio State loses or one of the other teams in the top four that aren't named Georgia, which team gets bumped up first? Is it Oklahoma or Cincinnati? Oklahoma's also undefeated. They play in a better conference. It still blows my mind they're ranked where they're at. They should be in the top four. I still think Oklahoma might leapfrog Cincinnati. Uh, the Bearcats might need a couple more teams to lose, but there still is a good shot. And if they beat Houston, that's a big stamp for them yeah. this year. And uh, the new playoff rankings will be released on Tuesday. Very intrigued to see where we go from here if they look a lot different from what they were last week. Or is last week going to be an indicator of how they're going to rank things going forward? That's the million-dollar question. Historically speaking, the committee has been very inconsistent. So yeah. we shall see. Before we talk NASCAR and look at Kyle Larson's championship from today, Ryan, let's go ahead and uh, talk high school football. Each week, you're putting together these awesome highlights of teams from around the country that our gray stations are covering. And we're in playoff time across the country. And, yeah. and uh, it just means more right now. This is exciting stuff. And some of the biggest moments these kids will ever have. Well, we've reached almost full playoff capacity right now. Some of the southern state schools, which start their season a little bit later on, they're in playoff time. The Midwest state schools, they have been in playoff season for a couple of weeks now. So every game matters. They're so competitive. So here are the top plays that our great TV stations around the country captured this high school football weekend. Top one for this week's local news live. Top highlights is NBC 15's Madison, Wisconsin, Sun Prairie and Middleton. Gary Kaminsky on the money to Addison Ostrenka, who must be invisible to the defense because no one saw him open down the sideline for a touchdown. Then Kaminsky dimes it down the field to Davis Hamilton. That's delightful. Sun Prairie over Middleton, 31 to 24. Still with NBC 15, the Wenaki Warriors are undefeated. And David Emmerich is one reason why, because he makes one-handed catches. Two hands are overrated as the Warriors continue their undefeated march. WSAZ Huntington, West Virginia. Cable Midland running back Jackson Fetty from midfield. The cutback, and he's gone. 50 yards, not to his house, the his house for the touchdown. St. Albans trying to win on senior day. Last chance pass to the end zone. Alex Smith, the pick, returns it 60 yards. Cable Midland cruises to the victory. One more from WSAZ. Spring Valley quarterback Dalton Fouch. Deep pass to Corbin Page. That's just not fair. Rips it away from the defensive back. Then he makes up a dance. It'll probably go viral as Spring Valley rolls. CBS 7 in Midland, Texas. The Permian Panthers versus the Legacy Rebels. Someone forgot to tell the Rebels Halloween is over. Doesn't mean they're not scary. Marco Scotty Lee to Michaela Young like a Ferrari racing against Hondas. He's in the end zone for the touchdown. But Permian with the highlight, Jacqueline Richardson. The fall was on purpose, he promises, and so was the touchdown. But Legacy would come out on top. Now to Friendship High School. Receiver Landon Hutchinson has the ability to make time move in slow motion. Toe taps the end zone for an amazing touchdown. KALB in Central Louisiana covering the Ash Trojans. JT Lindsley show. Spin cycle into the end zone here. 
FYI, this guy is a freshman. Uppercut, undercut, doesn't matter. Another score. And here, 72-yard rushing touchdown. A purple blur. Now you see him, now you don't. Ash has himself a player and a win. Still with KLB, Grant taking on Buckeye High School. Grant's Kendrick Brew brewing up a touchdown reception. Give him an inch. He'll take, well, about 50 yards on this touchdown. KPLC in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Rose Pine into Quincy. Rose Pine Eagles running back Brandon Cody. <sighs> and puffing into the end zone for a touchdown. And Rose Pine wins. Jennings Bulldogs, Trevor ATN, 20 seconds into the second half, emerges from a cluster to coast for a 64-yard touchdown scamper. But Westlake Rams quarterback Jamal Gillard wasn't done. This keeper is like Houdini, the way he makes the other team miss him. But Jennings ends up with the win. Still with KPLC for the best in show in the one-handed catch category, Kinder Yellow Jackets receiver James Robert, like we said, Two hands are overrated. KLTV covering East Texas. Brownsburg versus the Vans Vandals. Braden Bradshaw for Vans on the kick return. Heading straight for your living room. Objects on your screen are closer than they appear. Takes it all the way. Vans with a 48-21 win. The Beckville Bearcats. Ryan Harris. This 50-yard moonshot to Matt Barr. Some people just have all the talent. And this time, Harris to Gage Barry. That's a very well-done play as Beckville flattens Frankstone 41-8. WIBW in Topeka, Kansas, covering Wabunzi against Linden. Wabunzi's Aiden Beckman. They will tell legends of this play the day Aiden Beckman refused to be tackled on the kick return for the touchdown. Wow, one of the best plays you will see this entire high school season. Now over to Glendale, Missouri, KY3 covering Glendale. Ball started on the 20 with 38 seconds left in the first half, and it ended with a touchdown on the beautiful fade pass Chris Floyd Jr., Willie Mays style over the shoulder. And one more, WOWT in Omaha covering Scott Catholic and Plattsmouth. Caden Becker ending the undefeated season for Plattsmouth, heading to the state semis with a 20-10 upset to close out local news live's top plays of the week. Top plays of the week from around the country. Our stations did a great job there capturing those. And I think my favorite one might have been towards the end there from WIBW. Aiden Beckman, I don't know if he's a normal kick returner, a fullback alignment, but he re returned a kick for a touchdown and broke about five or six tackles. You never see that. Usually it's a couple blocks and the small speedy defensive back is sprung free. But Aiden Beckman, man, that guy was on a mission and returned it for a TD. A Mercedes running with Hondas. You had some fun with that. I did. Yeah, I'm trying to, to mix it up a little bit. Uh, I mean, you got to make those sports highlights at least somewhat entertaining. Those, uh, the, the video itself is, is very entertaining, but try to add a little spice to it. Definitely. Had a lot of fun. These are the most fun times of the year, I think, for high school sports. Basketball, volleyball, football. Soccer all blending together. It's a good time. Yeah, it certainly is. And we'll be bringing you those highlights each and every week here on Sports Sunday on Local News Live. Last thing before we go tonight, Kyle Larson 
brings home the 2021 NASCAR Cup Series Championship, the first title of his career after a dominating season. Ten wins in 2021, and quite the story for Kyle Larson. This was a guy that went through a lot last year, losing his ride at Chip Ganassi Racing after uttering a racial slur on an iRacing video game, sat out the rest of the season, was looking for a ride in 2021, ends up at Hendrick Motorsports with a brand new team and really does the unthinkable. We don't talk about guys in racing hopping in a new team and going on to win 10 races and a title with a new team, new car, new crew chief, but he did just that, the unthinkable for Kyle Larson to bring home this championship title in what Ryan, I believe, is the best comeback story of the entire year in the sports world. What a job by Kyle Larson to get this done. A guy that's learned from his mistakes, that has advocated uh, for those that have been in that position and really just learned from what he had done and used his platform for good. I'm certainly happy for Kyle Larson to, to see that he got that second chance and he took advantage of it. Now you were saying after you made that mistake that he's been a, a big advocate for the black community. He's done a lot of charity work. He's worked with a lot of really strong voices in the black community, especially those in the racing community. And he has tried to amend for himself. Look, when people make mistakes, you can, you'll get an apology sometimes. They'll disappear but you won't see them really try to own it by making a positive change, using, as you said, their platform, their resources to better lives of others. And Kyle Larson made a mistake, he owned up to it, but didn't just say sorry, he proved it with his time and his dollars. And now he's a champion this year. Yeah, and this came right down to the wire. Despite Larson dominating the 2021 season, it was his team that got the job done for him today. Larson was in fourth place going into the final pit stop, but yesterday he earned the pole, which gave him the number one pit stall. They go down pit road, final pit stop. His team comes out first with their second fastest pit stop of the entire season. So talk about being in the right place at the right time. That's what championship performances are all about. We focus on the drivers in this sport, but at the end of the day, Ryan, the team comes through to help Kyle get this win. That's when it's at its best, when it's everybody getting to that final, uh, the title, the championship, is reaching that final goal. It adds to it. It's not just the racer who gets most of the glory, but the team really plays a, a big role. And that's, that's a cool side story that they were so quick and on their game today because he probably doesn't win today if they're not. Yeah, Larson, uh, the champion. Martin Jurex Jr. finishes second in the race, second in the points. Third was none other than Denny Hamlin, still looking for that first title. He finishes third in the points, and Kyle's teammate, Chase Elliott, finishes fifth in the race, finishes fourth in the points standings. That will about do it for Sports Sunday tonight. Ryan, before we get out of here, some final thoughts before we go home. Yeah, I'm excited for next week. College basketball gets going. So we have all, well, three, I guess, three of the four professional sports, NHL, NFL, NBA, and now college hoops and college football going. It, it's that time of the year still where sports are, uh, all of them, whatever you like, they're in action right now for the most part outside of baseball. And college basketball is adding to it this week by getting going. Can't wait to watch some college hoops. Yeah, I'm excited for my Kansas Jayhawks preseason number three in the AP poll. They'll take on Michigan State 
on Tuesday night. You also have Duke and Kentucky on Tuesday night. What a way to start the college yeah. basketball season with that Champions Classic of for the Blue Blood brands of college hoops. Tons of fun. Even from a, a fan of a school that's not going to be competing in that, I want to watch that. I'm excited to see how some of these big-time college programs do, especially a lot of players in, in college basketball this season are in their fifth year, that fifth-year option because of COVID-19, and it adds to it. It adds a new ripple to a season and a time period, really, for any sports, and it's been like any other. Yeah, certainly so. That will do it for us tonight here on Sports Sunday.